Spirit Church Project. If you're a first-time guest, we're super glad that you're, that you're here. You can follow our notes on the version, and it's on the screen behind us, so open your Bible app. The notes will be on there. But I want to start just by saying and, and declaring something over our gathering today, over ourselves, over our church, over our gathering today. So if you would, let's stand and let's say out loud this declaration over us. And it's in Isaiah Chapter 60, verses 1 through 3, and let's all say this out loud and declare it. To all who mourn and long for comfort, to all who feel worthless and wonder if God cares, to all who fail and desire strength, to all who sin and need a Savior, this church opens wide her doors with a welcome from Jesus Christ the ally of his enemies, the defender of the guilty, justifier of the inexcusable, and the friend of sinners. God, I thank you. Thank you that you love us immensely, period. Thank you for bringing us here today. We long to see you more clearly, and we long to see us the way you see us, God. So would your Holy Spirit just dance in this room in our minds and in our hearts. We give you this time together. Please remove all distraction. Let us be fully present as you just show us incredible things today. Yeah. And all God's people said, amen. All right, you can have a seat. We'll stand back up in a second here. Don't worry. It's easier. (laughs) He had knee surgery. We're good. Okay, here we go. Yeah. It's like athletic training, okay. Hey, I want to welcome back all of our college peeps. If you're a college peep, just throw it up like that, right? There you go. Welcome back. We're glad that you're here. We've been training, and we've been doing push-ups and eating, right, so we could compete with you, and I don't know that we can hang. You're looking good. We're glad you're here today. Well, I want to jump right into the message. Usually at Church Project, we go verse by verse through an entire book. We took two and a half years to get through the book of Acts. That was a long time. So we're going to pause on that. And we're in parables. And we're about, I don't know, 13 or so weeks into the parables of Jesus. And it's been super cool to see. Like, hey, Jesus was walking the earth and he was talking just like we do and he was showing us how to walk this earth. And, and he was giving us some really valuable te- lessons and teachings in the parables. And so we're going through the parables. The one we're going to look at today, it's still kind of in the section of the present day kingdom. And you can listen back to the last few parables that we've had. But it's under that title, the present day kingdom. Jesus is talking about this. So the parable we're going to look at is um, found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And it's the parable of the leaven. And so you can open your Bible to Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. I want to remind us of a few things, though, as, as before we start. Like parables was Jesus' preferred way to teach. A third of his teachings were these, like stories and teachings. So story is a huge big deal. And it's a third of the way that Jesus teaches in the Bible. Another thing I want to remind us is we read this parable today, like, what Jesus intended for the original hearers, the people he was teaching to, is the same message for us today. 
It doesn't change. It's the same message. And so my prayer is as we listen to this parable and as Jesus shows us some cool things, maybe and quite possibly the Holy Spirit is going to be convicting our hearts and showing us some incredible things. So my prayer is that as God does that and the Holy Spirit does that, we say, God, I surrender my life to be under your lordship. And so if something God shows us today is like, oh man, I'm not quite living my life that way, we would say, God, I surrender and I put myself under your lordship. Be my Lord and I adjust my life. I adjust my thinking. I adjust my actions to be who you've called me to be. And so as we go through this parable, what a cool challenge to hear what God was teaching, what he originally meant it to be, and how that finds its way to our hearts and our lives today. Like, this is good stuff, huh? So I want to pray this over us. It's, it's, it's found in Psalms, verse 25, verse 4 through 5. And here's my prayer. God, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Amen. Yeah, this is going to be good today. Uh, let's jump into this parable. Th- this parable, actually, as I, as I read it, it's one verse. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I like that. This is good. We're almost done today. Okay. This parable, though, reminds me of a story that Jesus shared. And the story that Jesus shared, it's, this isn't the parable yet, but it's the story, is found in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. And here's the story that this parable reminds me of. And it's Jesus speaking. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and it's Jesus speaking, it's God speaking. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. May we be individuals that we're like, God, build my life on your rock. May we be that house. May we be the wise man that's like, God, I trust you. I believe in who you are. And so... Here's what I want to say. When the winds blew in your life, and when the, when the rains come down, and when the streams are rising in our life, where is your footing? Maybe right now. I mean, you're going through something super dark and super hard, and life is just confusing to you, and the winds are coming, and the rains are pouring, and the streams are rising, and where is your footing? And where do you stand? What do you base your life on? What gives you hope? Where do you find hope? And when you find yourself drowning in these streams, where do you turn? These are good questions to think. And I already know because the Holy Spirit's good. He's already molding in your heart right now. Like, and so just say, God, show me who you are today. To those in this room and those listening that need hope, And for those that need to be reminded that God is good, and for those that need to be reminded that God is right, this parable is for you. This is such a sweet parable 
And I guarantee every single one of us need to hear it today. So here's the parable. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. Jesus is talking, and he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Clear? That's it. It's, that's it. Like that, that. Woohoo! Very good. Okay, so let, let's set this context up a little bit, just so you know. Maybe you're coming in for the first time. You haven't been kind of getting in the groove of Jesus' teaching. And so here is the context of what we're talking about today. And I'm going to take a lot of what I'm saying in this context part from J. Dwight Pentecost. He's a great commentarian that writes a ton about parables. So just go buy that book and read it. Okay, it's really good. Um, But here's some context. Jesus is teaching, and you can look at the previous verses and what came up to this. Jesus is still teaching the Pharisees, the professional Christians, the people that have it all together. He's teaching them about the present kingdom, the kingdom he's talking about right now. And the parables that just came up just previously were the growing seed, the wheat and the weeds. And last week we talked about the mustard seed. Those were really, really good. And he continues in his teaching to the Pharisees about what the kingdom is, like what it means now. And so it's applicable to us because we're still in the present kingdom. It still means something today. Jesus could be in this room teaching this to us right now. And so keep that in mind in context. It also, here's another contextual piece. Like you can think back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 15. You know that Old Testament book back there? Hey, I'm thinking our next book's going to be in the Old Testament. What do you think? I don't, anyways, that was a sidetrack. And in Exodus 12, 15, you can read that and, and it's after the Passover, the Israelites were told to leave all the yeast behind as they fled the bondage of, of, of fled the land that they were in bondage of. And so you can think back, Jesus said, or God said, told the Israelites, when you flee this bondage land, like leave all the yeast behind and go. And you can read that in Exodus 12, 15. Because the yeast represented continu- continuity with continual continuity. There you go. The yeast represented continuity with the bondage of sin and the past. Okay. If you know how yeast works, and and Jesus is speaking to the people in this time who bread is a staple in their diet, right? So for all of you that are on keto, this ain't going to make any sense to you, but you're just going to have to think, man, if I were to eat bread, what would it be like? So most people were eating bread. And, and, and this is how it would work. The, the day before, the, the woman of the household was typically the one that would cook, would take bread and be, would take dough and would start to cook it. But before they baked it, she would take a little bit of it and mix it with the next days. And the yeast would continue to infect this one. It's a continual strand of yeast that just didn't die. Does it make sense? And so... When Jesus is teaching this, the people are are used to making bread, and they're used to taking a little bit of yesterday's bread and mixing it with today's so that it would rise and continue to grow. And they're getting this, and Jesus is reminding them that the yeast, um, leave that behind. That's the land of of bondage. It's a break from the past, right? They were to make a complete break with their previous, like, attitude of servitude, and they were to enter into an entire new life. So you get this? Here's a little bit of context. 
some things to think about when you think about this passage. It's one verse, and I wasn't there. I didn't live during that time. I can do my best to try to make sense as to what Jesus was teaching, and so have a lot of commentarians that have come before us. And so I want to just pose some ideas as to what this may mean. And I actually have a thought at the end, and I'll let you know what that is, but I want to pose some ideas for you, okay? When Jesus is teaching, some think that this is representative of the power of God's kingdom. And it's the mighty preempting of the dead lump of the religious Judaisms, those that are Judaizers of that time. And this is by Kyle Snodgrass. So he's saying when the yeast comes in, it's Jesus, it's the power of his kingdom, and it's overruling the religion known from the Judaism people, okay? That's one thought. That's a really smart thought that I'm just like, okay, don't get that one a lot. Here's another thought. This parable is about God's providential care. I like that. A little bit of yeast in the whole batch, like God's providence, it affects the whole batch. I like that. That's pretty good. Here's another thought. It points to the involvement of women in leadership of the church. Huh, interesting. I like that too. Good. Another one is in... There's two more. One, it's, it focuses on the kingdom as the hidden but pervasive and irresistible power. And so you think about a whole lump of, of dough and a little bit of yeast in there affects the whole lump of dough. And what does that represent? Some people says the hidden and, and, and pervasive, irresistible power of God. That's really good. You can talk about those in house church, all those meanings. Here's what I think, just studying it and just praying over it. Here's what I think this one verse in parable and context means, means this. This represents the sowing of the word, and the word will produce irresistible growth. Now, I can understand that. I can understand in my life. As we talk about the house that's built on rock, a house that's built on sand, the wind, how are we going to stand when, when the crazy parts of life coming? I can really see Jesus sitting down with me and going, hey, listen, the kingdom of heaven, my love, my relationship with you, is like a little bit of yeast that's put into a bunch of dough. And before you know it, that whole dough is going to grow with the yeast. It's going to change the DNA of it. And that, ye- that, that yeast is my word. And so, if we think of ourselves as dough, as not like bling bling, like show me money, no. And, and God says, listen, if my word is in you, it's going to change everything. The way that you think, the way that you interact, the way that you move, where you find your hope, like it's not going to be a little change, Christian. It's going to affect everything. And that's a house built on rock. I get that because my house has been hit by rain and wind. Has yours? I've had to wrestle with God and go, God, who are you? Number one, are you? (laughs) Yeah. In my life, I found there is a God. Have you? And then I have to go to the second question. Who are you? God, show me who you are. 
And when the times come and the ups and downs of life, I need to know what I can build my house on. And Jesus is going, good news, man. You can build it on the rock, and the rock is me and this rock. And when you do that, it's going to affect your entire life, regardless of the situation we're going through. And I say, that's a good message to you. So I see this, and here's what I would remind us. God is good. Amen. And I want to remind us, his word is truth. Amen. Because in this day and age, people will come and attack us saying, well, how do you know God is good? And what about all the bad things that happen in life? And how do you know the Bible is accurate? And on and on the circles can go and you can get in the debates and you can take it to the deepest despairs of I don't know. Or you can say, hey, I've got a story. I've got a story. And I know that when my house was being rocked, Satan tried to make me think God wasn't good. He tried to make me think his word wasn't good. But God is good. His word is good. And my house is built on Jesus Christ, the strong foundation. And the gates of hell can't stand against that. His love is more precious than silver, rubies, and gold. His word is good. His word is eternal. And God is good. Listen to this story. Because I think all we have is our stories. Like the, the stories that we can share. You know, the times that were really good in our life, but also the times that just straight up. God gets glory in those too. All we have is our stories to share. So listen to the story of this, this individual who wrote this song in the Psalms. And in this song, Psalms 119, verse 105, here's what it says. Your word is a lamp and guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I promise it again and I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. You are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. This sounds like someone that's been changed by God Almighty. Not someone sticking their head in the sand saying, this world's all good. I'm all happy, happy. But someone that's saying, even when this world straight up sucks, God is good. And I am determined to keep the decrees to the very end, God. So a question for us, are you determined to keep his decrees to the very end? Where are you giving up ground in your own life, in my own life? Where are you giving up ground where you're like, God, I know what you're saying for my life, but not on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Sunday, though. I look good. I'm following you. It's all good. Like, where are you giving up ground? Because where you give Satan an inch, he's going to take it. And we're going to look up and we're going to go, my life is ruined. So I pray that as God is showing us some great stuff right now, it's with grace and it's with love. You're going, God, 
please show me who you are and may I be dedicated to your decrees, your law, your word, because that's the solid foundation, amen? What yeast are you allowing into your life? Man, I know what yeast I'm allowing into my life. I mean, we can, hopefully we're allowing the word of God, we're, al- we're allowing praise and the Holy Spirit into our life and it's gonna change us, but I also know when I'm allowing the opposite into my life. And I'm like, God, it's all good, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow this peace into my life and we're, we're just, I'm just so like pr- proudful that I think it's not gonna affect my life. Like I can get away with this thing or this action or whatever it may be, but it starts to change our DNA. What yeast are we allowing to to dwell in our life or be introduced into our life? The yeast cannot be stopped. It grows naturally, and it grows rapidly. If you know anything about making bread, you probably should do this message. It will change the DNA of the bread completely. What yeast are we allowing into our souls and into our lives? Some of us need to leave that yeast behind and make a new start. And the good news is God says his mercies are new every day. So I don't know how you came into this room, right? I don't know what struggles, I don't know what hard things you're going through in this room right now. But I can tell you this, like his mercies are new every morning and every day. And so literally in this moment, we can say, we're not allowing that bad stuff in anymore. No, right now it stops. And today I want to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And I want my dough to rise looking like Jesus. I want my house to be built on the solid foundation. None of that other stuff. And we could do that right now. Amen, and thank you, God. I think what's cool is uh, college students, woo, man, like in a lot of ways, this represents a brand new start for you, right? Like mom and dad are gone, great. We're going to our first year or maybe second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth year, if you're in my case. Like, okay, start over, we're good, don't worry, don't stress out, okay? And I think you've got a great opportunity to make a brand new start, college students, like literally right now. And if you're a freshman, I encourage you or everyone to get involved with some of the great ministry partnerships we have just at Church Project that are even on the campus, like FCA, Crew, Young Life. Like there's, there's there's great ways to encounter God on that campus. Make it tomorrow morning you go and you're like, I'm gonna be part of this. Like this is good yeast, this is awesome, right? I would say for you sophomores, don't repeat the freshman yeast of adding 15 pounds to your weight. That's bad yeast, okay? Like, don't do that. But for all of us, I think we got a great opportunity to make a complete break. The Israelites were told, like, hey, go and leave that yeast behind because that yeast represents slavery. Don't even take that yeast with you. I think today some of us can make a complete break. Like, this room is pretty cool. We can leave a lot of bad crap in this room. We can say, I'm making a complete break with this right now because from today forward, my life's going to look different. Satan wants to make me feel guilty about my past. He wants to make me have shame. And it's not happening because I know I'm a child of God and he loves me. Today might be a day where you make a complete break with some of those bad things. Amen. All of us need to be put and need to put the yeast I can't wait to not ever say that word again, okay? (laughs) Of his word into our lives. And watch 
as that word, as God sanctifies us. Everyone sanctifies us. What does that mean? God makes us more and more like him. I challenge you this week. Maybe you're not engaged into reading the Bible. Well, the Bible app has great reading plans. Like we're about to just throw out a pretty intense discipleship program for all of us, the church at large. I'm going to show it to our our house church leaders and we're going to fine tune it here in the next couple weeks. But the goal is to have every single one of us discipling and in a discipleship like with somebody. Why? Because the word is strong and does not come back void. And so my challenge for you today is I... I challenge you this. If you're not reading the Bible, start today. Try it for seven days and see what happens. I guarantee your thinking, your life, your dough will start changing. And it's good for everyone in this room. So the challenge is to put more of him in us and to seek after him with all of our heart. I'm going to end with this because this is really good. Um, Isaiah Chapter 55, verses 11 through 13. Isaiah 55, 11 through 13. And who is this written to? I'm going to tell you who it's written to. You can look in verse 5, but I'll, I'll just give you the cliff note. It's written to the person that gives an ear and comes and listens that they may live. And so if you would say, I'm giving an ear to God and I'm listening to God that I may live... This message and this promise is for you. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. The word that goes out of my mouth, and Jesus God is speaking, the word that goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve, the purpose for which I sin it. And so God is looking at every one of us and saying, the word that I've spoke, the word that I've given you in Scripture and the Holy Spirit will not come back void. If you listen to this and you follow this, it will change you. And that is a promise. And so as we sit here today and we say, that's me. Like, I want to hear your word. I want to be soft. Give me a soft heart, God. I want to change my life to be more like you. Then these verses are for you. Listen to them. They're amazing. Starts in verse 12 of Isaiah 55. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills were burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. And instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And God invites us into this life. And this is the gospel message. Instead of walking a life in guilt and shame and bondage, God says, throw that yeast, that's the last time I'm going to say that, away. And run towards me because my word will change you, and I will change you. And all of God's people said, God, this is good. God, this is really good. I want to just quickly just introduce um, our house churches. The Davidson House Church, if you'll stand, they meet on Mondays. The Doherty House Church, if you'll stand, you meet on Tuesdays. 
the Harris House Church, if you would stand, they meet on Wednesdays. The Ashida House Church, would you stand? They meet on Wednesdays. The Perman House Church, if would you stand? They meet on Wednesdays. And the Barin, did I say it? Barin, Barin. They meet on Wednesdays. They're right there. You're already invited. Go to one of their house churches. It's on the website and on the app. And so you can find them right now and say, I want to go to your house church. So house church pastors, thank you for leading us. This is super uber important. Would you please give them a round of applause for this? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want us to pray right now because I, I feel like some of us, like we got exactly what God was showing us here today. Like the Holy Spirit is teaching us and showing us and so that we maybe align our lives with him. So would you would please just close your eyes and maybe hold your hands out in front of you just saying, God, I receive what it is you've shown me today. God, maybe I need to put some of this stuff in my life that I know is not drawing me closer to you in my hands so you can take it right now. Today is the day that I make a break from that. Yeah. It's done. It's over. Because I don't like where it's taking me. It's taking me further from you, God, and I don't want that in my life. I don't want my life built on sand God, I pray that you're gentle with all of us in this room because some of us are so encouraged and so pumped, but some of us are really feeling like guilty. And God, I pray that in this room we can just whisper, God, please forgive me. And we'll know on the deepest of our cores that you've forgiven us. That we would repent, and that means we're turning from it, God. We want more of you. Help us to want more of you. And we'll know in this moment that we're good because of you, and you're a good God. So I pray no one leaves with guilt and shame today. I pray that we accept this gospel message as you're smiling at us saying, I know, I know, I know you did that, I know you thought that, I know you think this about you, but let me tell you who I am and who you are. And God, I pray that that is our identity today. Church, if you would, let's just stand and and worship God just knowing that he's a good, good God.